welcome to It's a Hustle. I am here tonight with my good friend Turner Sparks, who has been kind enough to join us at the one and only Fairfield Comedy Club. He just came off a set where he totally fucking crushed it. Yeah. People were crying. <laughs> they were weeping. They it were was, weeping, but in a good way. In a very good way. It no, wasn't it was a right. it, it was wasn't fun. a sad Bible weep. It was a happy weep. Yes, it was. It was a um if Trump would have lost the the sad the happy weep. <laughs> well, some people are, yeah, I mean, some people happy wept that he won, I'm sure. I'm sure there are. You know, there's a lot of, you know. Well, clearly, more a lot of people voted for him. Yeah, more people voted against, so it's important to keep that in mind. But, uh, yeah, glad to have you here, man. How's your day been? <laughs> what a great start. Uh, good. Yeah, it was fun coming up here. I went to lunch with my wife, and then she was going to come, and then she's always, like, on Friday nights, I'm going to go, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, I'm going to Connecticut. I'm in. And then by the time she wakes up, it's Saturday, and she's like, I think I'm just going to sit on the couch. So. <laughs> yeah, I, that makes sense to me. Like, whenever I ask my wife to do things, she's just like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, I figured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I never thought she wanted to. In the first, I was surprised when she said yes. And then when she said no she's like, at noon today, she's like, I think I'm not going to go. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I knew you were not going to come Thanks for pretending. Yeah. Thanks for making me get a seat for you in the car back for nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone else had to walk to Fairfield because of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say that you crushed, right? But you on this show, if you're going to say I did, well, you well, did yeah, well. yeah, but you know, you have to say that to be a guest on the podcast. I make everyone say that. So. Yeah, well, I did just get paid twenty dollars to say that, <laughs> which is more than you're going to get paid for your set. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, you have kind of a, an interesting career trajectory, um, and you know, my first question. I'm just wondering, when was the first time like you got paid to do comedy? Oh wow. Okay, so there's a. I started my own open mic and then I produced my own shows and then I opened a club. So I don't think I did a show that I didn't produce and got paid. It had to be like four or five years in. I, I literally Do you remember know. it? Do you remember like the first check or 20 or? I know my first time I got paid in America um, was I came back when I moved home two years ago. I headlined the Punchline Sacramento and did like a door deal with them where I got whatever percentage of the of the ticket sales and they got the other percent and i made a thousand bucks or 1200 i think oh my and gosh. it's still sitting like the check is in my apartment right now that's the first time i've been paid in america Wait, you didn't cash the check i cashed what or you photo cashed it yeah something like i photo cashed smart it. move so i think i might there might have been spots where i got paid 20 bucks or 50 bucks or something but i don't really remember that's like the big significant one that's a big that's and a big headlining check. the club in the town i grew up that's in. that's a nice little night there yeah so that's good. So when was the first time, like, is that, when did you, like, realize that comedy was going to be a career for you? Or when did it feel like, oh, this is, this is, like, my calling or this is what I'm going to do? I realized, I had another business called Mi the Mr. Softy Ice Cream Trucks in, in New York. I had those, I did that in China. And I had 10 trucks in two stores. And it was going really well. And then in 2015. You had 10 trucks in two stores? Yeah. And you were like, oh, I'd like to make a lot less money off comedy? That is absolutely not what happens. <laughs> what happened is I was in communist China and the communist Chinese government took my business away and copied it. And now they do it. And so that was. Well, did that's they when use I the same name? No, they like slightly changed the name and got all the relatives to run our business. And that's when I realized I'm going to be a comedian because <laughs> I'd been doing comedy for like six, six years at that point, And I was getting better and better. And that was the push I needed to be like, all right, well, I don't really have a better option right now, so let's see if so, I can do this full time. So you're thankful to Communist China for making you the comic you are today. Sure. Have they ever has Communist China ever stolen jokes from you? Uh, no. That's kind. Of, that was kind of the appeal of stand up. Is that when like that my bit you could steal my business, but you, what are you going to steal? Like you're really going to go up there and look like me? You're going to do white face? <laughs> 
and, and I wouldn't put it past them. Dance. Uh, yeah, you probably just weren't making enough doing it for them to. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't high profile <laughs> enough. But so I made money in comedy long early, w- way earlier before someone else paid me because I was producing and, and opening, selling tickets and hosting the show on like you do here in Fairfield. I was doing that in China. And so I was kind of making my own money by running all these shows. We would have headliners come out from New York and L.A. and the U.K. and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was probably like 2012 when that started. Do you miss the ice cream business? No. You know what? I I mean, so there's parts of it that I, do, I miss running a business, but really what I don't miss is managing people. What I love about stand-up is it's just me, you know? Well, the way you're managing like a whole crowd of people. I guess so, but I don't have to listen to them bitch about how someone else got a raise and they didn't. <laughs> if, <laughs> you <know>? if you <laughs> are listening to them bitch about that, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Managing employees is the absolute worst. If you're doing it right now and you're listening to this, I feel really bad for you. But Oh, yeah. It's so hard to be a boss. I, for one, always feel a lot of sympathy towards the bosses See, in the yeah, world. Yeah, you're a real Bernie crap. I'm like, oh, man, this these poor is, bosses. This oh, is the problem boo-hoo. with America. It's, it's, no, it's, it's so awful. It's, this is 100 times better. I would rather make way less money and not have to do that, which is what I'm doing now. And I can, <laughs> I've done both, and I can tell you it's, it's way better not have to deal with people. Maybe you were just a bad manager. Oh, I definitely was that. Sure. <laughs> why, do you, why do you think that was? Why do I think what? You were a bad manager. I wasn't a bad manager. I was, I was being facetious. Oh, okay. We so you were a good manager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing well. Well, you can have a successful business and still be a bad manager. Let's see. I think I was pretty good. I think if you asked people, they liked me. They liked you? Yeah. I like you. I wouldn't mind working I mean, not for everybody. You, you know, the, I fired some people who stole from us, so I'm sure they would. Oh, there were guys who slashed my tires one day. They didn't like me. They slashed your own employees, slashed your tires? Yeah, we fired them for stealing, and then they trailed me home one night and then slashed my tires on my car. Yikes, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, it was a wild business. They locked in one of our, um, like our general manager at one point had to fire a guy, and he came back the next day and locked that guy in his office and tried was trying to beat him up and then came out and threatened to kill everybody. It's a wild, wild country in in China to do business in. Yeah, it sounds. But you you can make money until they steal your business, I guess. Yeah, what I've learned is you don't want to make too much money. You want to be like under the radar. So for for our first, so you were such a good manager that communist China turned you into a comic. Yes, I guess you could say that. I don't know. Manager's the wrong term. I mean, like overall business development. I I don't know if I was day to day managing. I was day to day managing five people out of thirty. Okay, and they were managing the the other people. Oh, okay. So you were so you were the big boss. So I was going to government meetings and I was uh, working on the menu and marketing and a little bit of everything. Yeah, the government meetings were rough. So comedy better. Comedy way better. Good. Glad to hear that. Just write jokes. (laughs) Yeah, that's so easy. Yeah. People are like, I don't know how to get booked on the road. Like, do it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Quit waiting. Everyone is waiting for someone else to do something for them. It never happens. That's what I do. That's what I really did learn with with small business, running a small business, is that you have to do it all yourself. Well, yeah. And if you're a comedian, you are your own small business, right? You've got to generate your own revenue. You're like just waiting for a gatekeeper. Uh, You're doing it wrong. Exactly. And then what's going to happen? They're going to pay you 40 bucks to do a spot at whatever comedy club. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's kind of, I don't know, I remember getting my first $50 check. I was like, yeah. I mean, it is cool at first, but then it doesn't pay. Yeah, but you got to figure it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I got to ask you, uh, I have to ask you one uh, inappropriate question uh, to close. And I hadn't really thought of one. which I got to start thinking of these before, because otherwise I just fuck up the whole podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, off the cuff. Um, 
inappropriate. But I'm like, something will come to me. Something. But there's, you know. How many of these have you done so far? <laughs> One. Oh, I'm number two. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. This might never see the light of day. Uh, well, then. Who gives so, it? yeah. So feel free to answer. Um, well, tell me, uh, what's the most humiliating thing that ever happened to you in communist China? Can I take a minute and think? Yeah, take a minute. Okay. I'm going to hum while you do it. You can cut. Please phrase it as a question. I mean, I, I got last place one time on a dating show. What does that even mean? It means that I was on a Chinese dating show on TV, and it was like three. Uh, so I film it, and then we go. This is a little bit longer story, but I film it. And then we all go to the bar that night to watch it. We know when it's going to be on. So all my cri- my friends are crowding around. And at the at the opening, like the cold open or whatever, you know, they go, coming up, we have blah, 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 dating show. And then they show clips. And they're like, we got men. And they show the three, the guys, we got women. They show the women. And they go, and we've got foreigners. <laughs> and it's of me, like, dancing around. You were just and like so- an am- it's three men and three women. I'm one of the three guys. And the idea is that all of you, like you do all these dumb games together, like old school 80s dating show games, you know, like um, competitions. And then uh, at the end, you write down on a whiteboard who you pick out of the three women. And then they write down who they pick. And if you match, then they, they pay for you to go on a date. So um, first guy writes down. So and you, you write in secret, right? So everyone writes down and then we flip. They flip it over one by one. So the first guy and the first girl flip it over. They pick each other. And everyone's like, yay. Second girl and second guy flip it over. They pick each other. And so I pick the third girl. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. We're going to pick each other. It'll be a great date. This will be fun. So then I flip it over and I pick her. She flips it over and she picks nobody. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I mean, at least you put nobody and didn't put one of the other. Yeah. Do you think yeah, they yeah. did you plan it with the other guys? Like did you like no, discuss it? No. It was just like honestly, I wasn't really in it was all for show. I wasn't none of them were really that wasn't into any of them. That's humiliating. And so I'm like, I'll just pick the girl. It's even That is worse. a humiliating thing to happen in communist China. And it's worse when you like pick someone you're like, I I think I'm out of her league, but whatever. I'll throw her a bone. And you pick her and then she doesn't pick you. Yeah, it's that, the worst. It's like in prom. You like, thought you were doing her a favor? I thought it was doing her a giant favor. Oh my! Like, yeah, hey, look at me. I'm yeah, an American. Big cheese. I've, I've got this, Mr. Softy. Like Maybe it was the fact trust. that you, you, your business was Mr. Softy. Maybe that like gave them the wrong idea. Yeah, about and you. it really translated the exact same too. <laughs> How else could it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you one more thing. What's what's the population of China? Oh, um, one and a half billion. One and a half billion. Yeah. So I imagine that. Uh, the Chinese phone book must be a real bitch. <laughs> oh, Lord. One and a half billion people and only three last names. I was going to go with an even cheesier line. Go. You can, you can be one in a million and there's still, a, what is it, a thousand people like you? <laughs> I don't know the Easier to find your soulmate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're on a Chinese dating show and you're <laughs> an American. <laughs> well, Turner, thanks so much for being here. Always a fucking pleasure. Thank you, Joe Garricks. Long live the Fairfield Comedy Club. Long live the Fairfield Comedy Club.
Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. Special thanks to Eric Donnelly for our theme song, to Julian Rooney for all of our editing, to Lightswitch Advisors for our website and online marketing. If you have any web or marketing needs, Lightswitch Advisors is your go-to place, to Vans for all of our footwear and apparel. And also, please come to the first ever live recording of the It's a Hustle podcast, Saturday, April 27th at 5 p.m. at the Circle Hotel in Fairfield as part of the first Connecticut Comedy Festival, April 25th through 20th. Check that out at ctcomedyfestival.com. And please leave us a review. Tell your friends we appreciate your listening. Peace.